cheaper than our producer's underage sister. Edgier than the stuff shown on late night television. Newer than Kim Kardashian's ex, live from Orlando, it's Crazy Train Radio. Freaking gear, let's get going. Okay, come on, Steve, let's go. Took my quarter! You think they show speed racer here? Bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Second. All right, folks. I actually got on the line. Uh, he was involved in one of the best comedies of all time. But the thing was, he actually could play as well. Actually on the line right now, Dave Hansen, who was in Slapshot. Dave, how's it going? Well, pretty good. And some people would even say that my playing was comedy in itself, so it kind of went hand in hand. <laughs> hey, you know what? You make the best of both worlds then, that's for sure. <laughs> well, hey, it's taking you this far, and especially with the movie Slapshot being considered probably one of the best sports movies and comedies in the past 50 years, that's for sure. Yeah, I know. Someone told me just recently got still uh, ranked as the number one uh, hockey movie of all time by, uh, I think, the Hockey News or Sporting News, something like that. So it's it's always still ranking up there year after year after year as one of the top uh, sports movies of all time. And depending on whatever poll it is, it's whether it's one, two, or three, but it's always in the top uh, five, it seems. Well, it's funny because we actually uh... – <clears throat> A lot of the hockey players we know, we always tell us it's one of those uh, rituals. If they make the minors or go into uh, whether the NHL or other major league around the world, that the movie's actually uh, one of those requirements that they watch when they're on travel. <laughs> well, I've yet to uh, talk to any hockey player that has not seen it at least by the time they're age 12, and many of them even before that. It's, it's amazing because, you know, the Hanson brothers still uh, hit the road. Bring, we bring our toys on the road, put on the foil, and we go out and play some old-time hockey and make some appearance all across the, uh, not only North America, but even over in Europe. And and uh, the ages range from ankle biters up to senior citizens, so it's incredible how that movie has uh, staying, staying power and just continues to uh, go through the generations. Oh, 
and it and it's like like you said at this point you got dads and grandfathers even maybe saying hey these guys were yeah pointing at the movie that's for sure which has got to be yeah. true for you guys. Well, it really is. It's neat, and it's yeah. You're right. It's almost kind of like a uh, a, a ritual for uh, a dad or a, uh, and even in many cases moms to make sure their kids see the movie and and you know most of the folks that uh, have their kids seen it say uh, you know we always say holy smokes you know they're not old enough to see it it's rated R and he says well they rather have them see it with us at an early age and seen it with somebody else so. Uh, you know, the neat thing about it, even though it's got probably you know, a record number of F-bombs in it and, and there's absolutely nothing politically correct about it, it's just funny and hilarious, and that's, you know, that's why it has the staying power that it has. Well, uh, I would be curious to know, because obviously he was a uh, legendary actor in his own right, uh, Paul Newman. How was uh, working with Mr. Newman there? Well, I think you might want to rephrase that, Adam. I think it's, you know, what was it like for Paul Newman to work with us? Um, you know, we, he, he never won an Academy Award until after he acted with the Hanson brothers. Uh, but no, seriously, Paul was probably one of the finest people I've ever met in my life. Um, there was no arguing that he was, you know, the epitome of uh, a superstar in Hollywood uh, at that time. But, you know, if you didn't know that, you wouldn't know it by seeing him and talking to him. He was a regular guy, enjoyed having beers after a hard day's work, and uh, was the first one to, you know, to pull some practical jokes and have a laugh and, and just hung out. So uh, we all became actually pretty good friends uh, throughout the shooting of the movie and even stayed in touch afterwards. And uh, it was just a, just a fine, fine man. And he was always known for his uh, charity work, both privately and on a public scale, too. So, which was always good to hear. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he he did it right. You know, he understood, uh, and he often said how how lucky he was to uh, to have the success that he had, and you know, he just wanted to share that those fortunes with others and he found ways to do it and he and he did it right you know he, he did it by uh, investing most of it back into children yeah but it's always a good thing to invest in which is for sure but yep. one, the, one of the main things i wanted to talk to you which a lot of these stories go i'm sure more in depth i actually just received my copy in the mail here of uh your book slapshot original the man the foil the legend uh what can you tell me that would be the main selling point for our fans to uh, go ahead and get this book, even though it's been out a well, few years? You know, certainly if you're a fan of Slapshot, you want to read it because it tells a lot of the, you know, a bunch. It's got a, some great stories of behind-the-scenes stuff that, uh, you know, as funny as the movie was, uh, you know, some of the stories that went on for the three months behind the scenes were pretty darn hilarious, um, and I think. You know, I, I when I while I was writing it, I was laughing, and and I've had a lot of people come back to me and say, you know, I read this part, and while I was in bed, and my wife was sleeping next to me, I just started laughing out loud, and she woke up and said, "What the heck's going on with you?" And uh, so I think, you know, if you're a Slapshot fan, you're going to read it, you're going to laugh at the section that talks about the the filming of Slapshot, and if you're a hockey fan. You know, you may enjoy the other parts about, uh, you know, the trials and tribulations that I went through trying, you know, pursuing my dream of uh, playing professional hockey and doing something that I loved. Well, for someone who played uh, professional hockey, uh, how hard was it to go take that to a uh, movie set where it's not 
the pace of a game where you're always stopping and having long breaks and not at game speed there. Yeah, it was it was quite frankly it was it was a heck of an adjustment for us. We had finished uh, we started shooting Actually, uh, while we were still playing, we were shooting some films. We were in, we were in the uh, semifinals of our playoffs during the North American Hockey League, playing against Philadelphia. And, and uh, when we would have an off day here, we'd shoot a little bit. Um, but as soon as we finished the playoffs, we were right into it uh, full force. And yeah, we had to do a lot of get there very early in the morning, get ready, and then sit around and wait. And oftentimes. Uh, you know, 12 hours later, you wouldn't have done anything but sat and waited and ate at the craft, the food tent uh, all day long, uh, waiting for them to shoot you. So, you know, that got pretty darn boring. And, and uh, you know, we finally got to the point where um, we had enough of it. And, and you know, I'm not going to give away all the stories in the, in the book, but, uh, you know, we did a few things to occupy our time and, and uh, got ourselves in a little bit of trouble here and there. Um, but the fun part was when you finally got out there and got to do your scenes. And, and in the beginning, it kind of was difficult for us because we tried to act. And um, to the benefit of George Roy Hill, who, uh, along with us, was a Minnesota guy, um, he recognized that we kind of struggled with the acting. So, uh, you know, he helped us out. And one of the things he helped us out was just saying, hey, guys, just be yourselves. Do what you think you would uh, you would normally do in a situation, and we'll see how that works. So once we did that, it actually came out pretty good. So we really got to the point where we weren't acting as much as we were just being ourselves. So if you think about it, uh, you know, we were hockey players being hockey players, and if anybody had a difficult time, it would have been the actors portraying hockey players. Did you did you notice a lot of the actors have trouble like getting on skates and trying to uh, compete? Well, uh, they did a pretty good job of uh, finding those guys that had key speaking roles uh, to uh, to be fairly good skaters. You know, Paul Newman was not a hockey player, although he grew up you know in Ohio skating as a kid, and he practiced a little bit before he. Uh, got on set and you know the only thing that he probably had a little bit of difficulty was he didn't know what to do with a hockey stick you know he could skate but there was often times that he would come over to us and he, he would ask us for some advice on you know what would you do here how do you do that et cetera, et cetera. so um, you know he was a quick learner very athletic and worked very hard when we would show him a certain technique or something to do and he came across the screen doing really well so uh, they did a pretty good job of, of mixing uh, professional hockey players in with the actors that could skate well enough. And then, of course, camera angles and editing made them all even look uh, better than they really were. Well, do you watch, because you mentioned you do a lot uh, previously here. Uh, do you have any upcoming appearances that you want to plug? Well, I think we're heading up to, uh, we're going up to uh, Kingston to help uh, raise some money for autism and, uh, and the Hockey Hall of Fame there in Kingston, which uh, you know they they claim was the originating uh, location for hockey back in the 1800s. Uh, so you know that that's uh, that'll be a fun one coming up. And then uh, I think after that we're heading down into the uh, Virginia D.C. area to uh, do some functions down there to raise some money for a needy cause. So. Uh, you know, we're kind of all over the map. We're kind of like a like a, a, a dirty rash where we just uh, we're all over the body and we go away and we come back and have some fun and wreck some havoc and uh, raise some money and then go away and come back again. Well, if anybody wants to get some informa- more information on what they're doing, being on the road, 
info on the movies, whatever, handsomebrothers.net. And uh, you can also pick up a copy of Dave's book still uh, through Amazon or I'm sure any other uh, book outlet. But Amazon is who we uh, use, usually use here on Crazy Train Radio. Uh, Slapshot or original, the man, the foil, the legend, Dave Hanson. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk to us.